1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates' national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. The Apple Slicer, The, the, the very it's, it's the most impressive invention in the history of mankind other than the wheel you, you pop the thing down you waste none of the apple i want to know who invented the apple slicer because again you got wheel number one and distant number two apple slicer well how about that you learn something oh. new every day i've learned my new thing Not long after the day has begun, the show begins with an acknowledgement that it is National Eat a Red Apple Day. And I'm glad that they added the words Eat a Red Apple Day because if it was just National Red Apple Day, I wouldn't know what the hell to do with the thing. Right. I would just right. look at it. Right. I would put right. it on a shrine. I think they led you to and water I would, on that one, right? And I would, I would adore <laughs> the red apple. I would be. What am I supposed to do with well, the red I apple? Can somebody please give me more guidance on what should happen with well, the red apple? So it's at least I now know to
2: eat against green Eat apples. the red apple. It's racist against green apples. How dare they? I think we should start. Okay, a is movement. that good morning? Here apple, we go. <laughs> the green apple gets no respect, huh? That's the way it is. Is there I, a national well, eat a green apple day? I hope there is. If there's not, there's a problem. We gotta fix it. We're the woke and mob. Look, <laughs>
1: my, my my apple of choice is not red; it's multicolor. Oh, you like that so one? Yeah, yeah. I, I like the Fuji apple. The Fuji right. apple is my favorite, followed by the Honeycrisp. If there happen to be no Fuji apples on the on the you know, shelf or whatever that thing is that like is gravity driven. So you pull one out and the other ones fall down. Like whoever takes the bottom one because the other ones fall down. You go you're plucking them off the top. But I'm very picky. Is that what you said? The Fuji apple. Yes. Fuji apple is the best apple, at least as far as I'm concerned. But there's many apples to choose from. There is the red delicious apple. And again, I'm glad they call it the red delicious apple because I'd hate to accidentally buy the red tastes like crap apple. (sighs) (laughs) I I assume that there's a red taste like crap apple if there's a red delicious apple because otherwise you wouldn't need to have the distinction. Anyway, go with the Fuji or the Honeycrisp. If all else fails, the red delicious. The Honeycrisp? There's an apple called
2: the the Honeycrisp?
1: Yes, yes. The last apple. I I know my apples. The last apple on the list is the, the red taste like crap apple day. So it is not eat a red taste like crap apple. It's eat a red delicious apple if you even need to know And do
2: they just call the green apple the green apple or do they have some special name for that one too
1: well i don't know what was the song wasn't there a song about little green apples wasn't I, that a that was a long time ago yeah, here yeah. comes the piano i don't know timer I, I know that the piano song that's not that's not the little green apples song i, th- I think it was johnny mathis johnny, it johnny mathis, mathis?
2: Yeah, I don't know. We're going to have to do some research old, on that. Old stuff there. This I'm was a green all, apple guy. Was, I think green's my favorite. I do like a red apple, but green's my favorite.
1: I, Granny Smith apples are green, according to Pete. Okay. So, Heard of that. All I know is Fuji one, Honeycrisp two, red delicious, distant third, red tastes like crap, very distant fourth. That's my list of apple preferences. Thank so, you. Thank you. Go and Hey, I'm telling you, I eat an apple- Literally every day. Sometimes I have two. It is filling. It is tasty. It has a lot of fiber, which promotes all sorts of other bodily functions sure, that, as sure. you get older, are important to properly, right. you know, promote. Yes. And uh, yes, <laughs> Pete, Pete wants more details. Apple uh, but, a day uh, keeps the
2: doctor away.
1: Hey, I'm telling you, it's it's a it's a uh, you know, um, and and it's not you know a lot of calorie content as we. I mean I I'm I'm now in One that my post favorites. Thanksgiving pre-Christmas season where the cookies are going to be everywhere and the, you know the 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 huge indulgence like to get through Thanksgiving without putting on 7 or 8 pounds isn't nearly as challenging as getting through the month of December without putting on 15. <laughs> so plenty of red apples or green apples or honey crisp apples or fuji apples that's what I'll be consuming
2: all month long in anticipation of the gluttony to come. Yeah, I, I get that. I'm, d- I'm down with the apple, though. I, it's, it's one of my favorite fruits. There's no doubt about that. My, I got my, like, there's always apples in the house. My little girl, Charlotte, well, she's not that little anymore. She's 15 and a half, but she can go through apples like you, it sounds like, two or three a day, no matter what. Her new thing is, though, let me just throw this by you because you might get a kick out of this cuz she's always got a fruit she's obsessed with like it it might be oranges and she'll eat 5 oranges a day or then it becomes apples and she's going to eat 4 or 5 a day. She has the Sims obsessive compulsive gene there. But the the now she likes grapes and as she eats a grape she squirts a li- or right before she sees, she squirts a little lime on it because she says it tastes like a sour patch kid. Have you ever have you ever tried that? I haven't tried it yet, but that's like her new thing. Yeah. You've mentioned that not that long ago cuz I was did mention back it? to me okay. as you were saying okay. it. Yes.
1: I I am not big into the sour patch kids but nah. uh, hey w- what whatever we can do to mix and match fruits to make it taste like candy all all the better for you know the health and yeah, welfare of the nation. And and, and and I'm wondering where the like the the apple lobby is cuz I'm thinking hey if we you know gratuitously promote apples enough maybe we get an apple sponsorship but it's not like beef or milk or You know, you've got some of these specific types of food that have their own marketing campaign, like everybody who who sells every kind of milk comes together and pushes milk like they need to get all the apple suppliers and providers and growers together and start pushing apples or or grapes plus lime on top of them to create to create the Sour Patch Kids simulation. There's all there's all sorts of possibilities you can tell it's a slow day in the nfl when we
2: spend the first 10 minutes talking about food yeah uh, yeah it is a little slow there's no doubt I mean, you you were funny on text last night when we got the first text of the rundown and some of the ideas for the first segment you weren't uh totally in love with and i know pete who's trying to organize it all was a little bit like i don't know what else this is all we got today so we'll make the best of it i think there's enough here to talk about and have some fun with and we got some uh Good, very relevant to this weekend type news, so we'll be okay.
1: Well, and let's start with the New York Giants, who made news last week for changes made and to be made off the field. There's a change coming on the field that we didn't know about, we didn't expect, and the Giants are not out of it. They're not done. They're still in the thick of things by virtue of beating the Eagles on Sunday on Michael Strahan, Jersey Retirement Day, and they finally won a game on a day that they retired the jersey of one of their Super Bowl heroes. Mike Glennon is expected to start at Miami this weekend because Daniel Jones is week-to-week with an x ray Now, week-to-week is not good. Day-to-day is maybe he'll just miss a game. Week-to-week means it's at least one, pretty good chance it's going to be two, and who knows, maybe it's going to be three. So it's Mike Glennon time in New York as Daniel Jones recovers from an injury that for as surprised as we were about Christian McCaffrey landing on injured reserve for the rest of the year. Cause we weren't quite sure when he got injured right. against the dolphins. I don't know when Mike Glennon got injured against the Eagles on Sunday.
2: Uh, no, I mean, uh, I don't know either. I, I mean, I, I never saw. And of course, you know, I'm always watching the giants out of the corner of my eye now. Hey, it could have been right there. You know, the one thing I'll say, you know, of course, the, the Giants are offensively challenged and because their offensive line's not good, they have to depend on Daniel Jones running the ball a lot. I mean, a lot. And those are some big hits and he's taken a lot of big hits through the year. I mean, of course, we know we got knocked sideways in the Dallas game earlier in the season. Uh, so he's, he would classify to me as one of the most beat up hit quarterbacks in football. Now he's a really big human being, um, but uh, like yeah, I'm 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 a little surprised it caught me off guard here too, but the good thing is they do got a Mike Lennon who's he's a capable backup. Bad thing is, you know, like you said, they're in a moment here where hey, there's there's still a chance. I mean, they're still in this thing and have a somewhat favorable schedule to make a run if they get hot here. And that's what that's what also stinks, let alone this weekend, Mike, it's the Dolphins. And you'd always want your quarterback out there against the Dolphins right now, because the Dolphins defense is on fire. And we know they're so complicated with the blitzes and the everybody at the line of scrimmage and drop out. We saw what they did to Lamar Jackson, right? Well, they've continued that. And they confused Cam Newton last week. And they're playing great ball right now. And for the Giants, that's where that stinks that they won't have a guy like Daniel Jones. Yeah, and Look, I don't want to turn
1: this into a bash Mike Glennon fest, but you know, it, it, it kind of reminds me of the situation in Pittsburgh where Mason Rudolph is the backup to Ben Roethlisberger, and, and maybe maybe there aren't enough good quarterbacks to go around because I don't regard Mike Glennon as guy that you can count on to come in and win a game or two for you in the event that your starter gets hurt. And we've known all along that Daniel Jones – has that willingness to run the football, has the ability to run the football, and does it in a way where he does absorb some hits. So you got to have a number two who can come in and make it happen. Maybe Mike Glennon can. Maybe he can. He was the starter at one point for the Buccaneers. He's bounced around plenty since then. He was anointed in Chicago just before they drafted Mitchell Trubisky in 2017, ended up starting three or four games before they gave the ball to Trubisky four years ago but just a guy big tall quarterback some coaches don't parcells didn't like him above six five that's for sure right and uh you know i I, we got the numbers here he was 16 for 25 16 for 25 for 196 yards a touchdown and two picks when daniel jones left right in week five and pete says and i think i I was talking six and twenty one career as a starter so don't get your hopes up Giants fans that Mike Glennon's going to come in and turn this thing around but you know we've seen crazier stuff so I'm, I'm not going to dismiss it because the guy's no. still in the NFL but I, I I just wonder why he's still in the NFL is well, that fair to say
2: well yeah I, I mean I I understand I do I, I I think maybe like you know if I was going to push back on you I'd go that's a hair harsh I think he's worthy of being in the NFL is he a top end backup no to your point I agree with that I don't th- I don't think there's any doubt, but he's got experience. You said the size thing is real. You know, and he's he he can control the football. He throws a very pretty football. He's effortless in throwing the ball. And you know, he like you've talked about been around a few offenses and knows how to play the game to a degree. Yeah, it's not going to be special. It's not. But, I I mean, I'm not going to count the Giants out on this. I'm not. We saw them last year with Colt McCoy, you know, do some things and upset Seattle in Seattle. Their offense isn't great, so they have to play the game a certain way. You don't have Daniel Jones. It does stink because, yeah, Daniel Jones is more talented. And his his legs are a legitimate threat to where defenses have to do certain things on certain downs and distances because you're worried about the quarterback run. I mean, we've seen him run for 60, 80-yard runs. I mean – he he's a little more athletic than I think we all want to give him credit for. So that's where that stinks. But as far as like Glenning being overwhelmed by the situation, you know, overwhelmed by the Dolphins and what they do on the defensive side of the ball, there's some positives there. I mean, you know, he's played a lot. He'll understand what to do and how to orchestrate the plan off of that. But yes, you know, to to like to what you said, he's not gonna make any highlight real type of plays. And carry the team through any moments here. You know, they're gonna have to play an ugly brand of football, manage the offense, and hope their defense can give two of the Dolphins, you know, a tough time and try to win some low scoring game. You know, that's what the Giants are basically at this point right now. I've been refreshing my memory yeah. on
1: Mike Glennon, and he has two claims to NFL fame, one of which is that there was a period of time where there was a question as to whether he or Nick Foles look more like Napoleon Dynamite, but that's uh, yeah, several that's years right. old. You remember
2: that. I do There's that.
1: also, also, he's the answer to an important trivia question. Really? Hold on. Let me... Because he's the guy that a certain program chose over another guy a decade ago to be its starting quarterback, causing that guy oh, yes, to right. transfer – Right. From NC State, yes. to Wisconsin, Wilson, and that guy's name right. is Russell Wilson. Yes, that's right. Think I, about that. That is Tom that, O'Brien taking Mike Glennon over Russell Wilson. So maybe there is something to Mike Glennon that we're overlooking.
2: Well, he he's he throws a beautiful football and a beautiful spiral, and of course, like you said, he's got a stature that kind of stature that kind of jumps out at you. But he's not overly athletic, and he's he can be yeah tall and skinny. Uh but I do remember that. I do. I mean, if I remember correctly, you know, Tom O'Brien was not happy with the fact that Russell Wilson still wanted to play baseball, right? That was really the issue. And Russell still wanted to play a little and I think he, you know, tried to corner Russell Wilson into, "Wait, okay, I'll give up baseball. I want to play football." And that didn't happen. And Russell said, "See you later." So Uh, You're right. That is a very, very important trivia question because Russell Wilson went on to big things at Wisconsin and and did pretty well there. Yes, the all-important requirement from college football coaches
1: that you, the player, must be all-in, fully committed, completely and totally loyal to the program. Oh, wait, I got a phone call from my agent. Sorry, I'll be right back unless I'm not. Uh, yeah no anyway, i hear you there more about i that hear you there <laughs> coming up um all right uh so you know other important question about daniel jones yeah and this is going to be driven by who the general manager is uh-huh. next year joe judge is going to have a voice in this ownership will have a voice in this 5th year option time is coming in may for daniel jones and now when you exercise the 5th year option It's fully guaranteed. Yeah, It's not just for injury anymore. It is fully guaranteed at the moment it's exercised. Are they ready, do you think, to commit 2023, roughly $20 million in fully guaranteed salary to
2: Daniel Jones? As much as I'm a defender and a backer of Daniel Jones, and yes, I'm a Giants fan, um, that that, that would be one right now where I'd probably err on the side of no. Right now, yes, I'd probably say no. And I'd I'd want to see him prove it. I, I think he's probably mature enough to to understand that and understand the optics and the politics around the situation too. You know, the Giants fan base is definitely you know I don't you know on the fence about him. There's no doubt. You know, probably leaning towards the bad side of the fence, if anything. So uh, I understand it now. Where I'll defend him and say. You know, again, I don't know if we exactly know what the guy is. It's hard to develop in the NFL and be any good when you have the worst offensive line in football in front of you, you know, for the first three years of your career. It's just, it's tough. It's hard to do anything like we saw this year. I mean, like we're seeing right now, you know, their, their, their run game is non-existent, you know, as tough as he is. And he wants to look downfield and make throws and do all of that. He can't even – it's hard to do that consistently because, you know, the dam breaks so quickly sometimes with pass protection that he gets the ball a lot. And I'll see periods during a game where he's got a – he gets the ball, set hut, shotgun, and he looks down to make sure the guy's got everybody first. You know, and that that's a hard way to play quarterback and live that way. So they've been all over the place on the offensive side of the ball. You know, he's had coaching changes. So he's dealt with a lot, and that's where I give him the benefit of the doubt. I think, you know, everything about him says like you want him to be your quarterback, you want him to be your guy. You just haven't got the results uh, as far as statistics or wins that is going to like appeal or appease the fan base a little bit to to buy into this. And that's where it gets a little dicey, at least in in my opinion. What's your, what's your thought on it, Mike?
1: Well, I, I agree with you completely, and you have to ask yourself what kind of a commitment do you want to make beyond this year. And remember, the Bears did not pick up the fifth-year option on Mitchell Trubisky, and right. part of it is also you dangle the carrot of becoming a free agent. Hey, put us in a position where maybe we have to use the franchise tag on you next year. That is a good problem. That to is have a good if problem, it means right? That Daniel Jones right. finds some higher level of performance, but I wouldn't be ready to commit that kind of money. To Daniel Jones. Now, the formula has changed a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but but and I'm going to have to go back and refresh my memory on the new formula. But I think he's going to be in the neighborhood of 20 million. And and if Dave Gettleman isn't there to be the one who makes the decision, it's far more likely they're going to say no, because Gettleman would be far more likely to say yes to justify his decision. To make Jones that top 10 pick a few years ago. Although I was doing some Gettleman research over the weekend, I did find an article where he was on WFAN at one point. I believe it was WFAN and basically blamed Daniel Jones on Pat Shermer, which uh, I guess once, and it was even before Shermer was gone. And it gives you a, an inkling as to what goes on behind the scenes when it's time to figure out accountability. And, uh, you know, Shermer got fired. And, uh, uh, he was the guy that was pushing Dave Gettleman, according to Gettleman to go get Daniel Jones. But, uh, I, look, I, I just think that, that they need to be serious about exploring all options. And if that means, and they have until May, if that means drafting someone, they've currently got two top 10 picks right now, thanks to the Justin Fields trade and, uh, they, they could decide that they're going to go all in for a rookie and they'll know that just before the time comes to call the ball on the Daniel Jones option, I can yeah. see them pushing that all the way until the deadline, until they know exactly what their their plan will be at the position for twenty twenty two. Can I say Go one ahead. more
2: thing about that? that right? Yes, you I can. Mean, I, I just was gonna like you know. Also, I do think there's a number of people in the organization there that that buy into Daniel Jones. I think again, like the New England part of the staff, right? You know, they they like Daniel Jones and what he brings to the table. I think there is some Tom Brady professionalism all the time that. You know they like that aspect of him, and of course he's extremely intelligent, intelligent, and and selfless oh, as that well. Oh, so intelligent. You were you like that? so close, Homer <laughs> Simpson, and <laughs> Oh, You were so close, <laughs> uh, but yes, he. he uh, so I think there is some backing of him, you know, in the organization and and knowing the reality of like what their offense has been. Yes, learning new offenses. What has it been? Three systems he's had to learn so far in his career here. You know, crappy O-line like we talked about. But where I'm with you, I think a little bit more leaning towards the dangling of, yeah, you could end up being a free agency. You got to go out here and earn it and do all of that. Yeah, that could be a good thing, you know, for both sides. There's no doubt. Why do you have to commit to something two years down the road right now? And also, if I'm the Giants and you're not totally 100% sure, because I think this is one you got to be 100% sure, you don't want to, to me, don't want to be stuck in a situation halfway through next year where you're like the Carolina Panthers, and you're going, damn, we got Sam Darnold, and we guaranteed the fifth-year option, and we know he's not the guy, and now we know we're going to get a new quarterback next year, and we're going to have to pay him a lot of money on the side too. And that's, to me, where you got to... You know, maybe pump the brakes on on guaranteeing that fifth year option there. That that would be at least my logic uh, in that situation.
1: And as it relates to the Giants, look, I'm committed to making sure everyone understands that ownership heavily involved in all of these decisions, and they ultimately may be the ones who make the Daniel Jones call. And it's John Mara, the co-owner. It's Chris Mara, his brother, that we discussed last week. Is kind of in that sneaky, high-level player personnel position that, based on the organizational chart, puts him above of the general manager. And also, somebody pointed out to me, there's another family member, Tim McDonnell. He is a nephew to John and Chris Mara, sure. granddaughter to Wellington. He is the co-director of player personnel. So sure. you've got multiple members of ownership family in these key football jobs. Not just go count the money, they're cooking the food, too. And they're going to be deciding whether or not the key ingredient to the offense next year is Daniel Jones. They're going to make the—I think—they're going to make the final call on it with the input of coaching staff, yeah, sure. new GM. They're going to make that final decision, and we'll see what it is. Sean McVay likely made the final decision back in January to go get Matthew Stafford to replace Jared Goff, and there has been a lingering question about whether or not Matthew Stafford is injured been fascinating to me yeah. because according to the injury report he's not right but then somebody leaked to ESPN he is then after the game on Sunday well I'm feeling fine and nobody's 100 percent let's hear a little from McVay earlier this week when he was asked the question of what he's seeing from Matthew Stafford as he plays through various ailments and injuries which implies that he is indeed injured all the speculation about Stafford's health and, and you know, granted in this league, nobody's going to be 100% at this time of year. What what are you seeing from him in, in terms of playing through whatever ailments, injuries, what have you, there are? Well, I'm seeing a really tough competitor. I think that's been, uh, you know, one of the great traits that he's possessed for a long period of time. You just watch the amount of hits and some of the things that he's bounced back from, you know, quickly, whether it be with us or even over the course of his career with the Lions or even going back to Georgia. And so I just see a resilient, tough competitor that continues to compete, continues to battle. His teammates believe in him. His coaches believe in him. And uh, and that's what I'm seeing from him, Jim. Yes, Jim. Thanks for the question, Jim. And by the way, Jim, his question included, Jim, the presumption... That Stafford is injured. Now, when I heard that, I thought, hey, if he's not injured, the answer to the question is well, fortunately, I'm not seeing him right now play through any ailments or injuries. He's fine. Check our injury reports. He's fine. He was on one time this year, back injury, week nine. Yeah. Missed two practices. Yeah. Played. He's not, he's clean according to our injury reports. So, you know, I, I've seen him in the past with other teams play through injury. I saw him week 9 show up and practice on Friday and play on on Sunday but he's injured he's not injured I'm sorry he's not injured that so that that question that was very subtly loaded and the answer it just deepens this mystery as to whether or not he really is injured. And I can only take Sean McVay at his word when his word would tend to cut against his broader interests. I think he kind of admitted that they're fudging the injury reports, Chris. Well,
2: yeah. I I mean, you know, maybe fudging it. You know, maybe he's just extremely beat up. He's not getting rehab. He's not going into the training room. He might be, soon as practice is over, you know, getting ice on his shoulder and, you know... Uh, ice and heat on his knee as he walks into a meeting room, but he's not actually getting rehab. You know that could po- that, that to me sounded like what he was trying to say. He's an extremely beat up quarterback right now. There's no doubt he's trying to give Matthew Stafford the benefit of the doubt, probably take a little heat off of everybody or off of him, off the offense. You know, and the fact of um, yeah, he hasn't been playing his best, but there's issues there. You know, but maybe nothing n- enough to be you know, injury report, like, related that way. Uh, to me, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like McVeigh. and if I had to just break it down, yeah, and, and NFL, you know, lingo or read between the tea leaves, like I like to say, uh, when you hear coaches talk and everything, that's to me what it sounded like. He, he was trying to give respect to a guy who is struggling and not playing his best football and let everybody know that, man, he's tough, he's a competitor, he's beat up as hell. And maybe that's why he's not playing his best. That's why McVeigh's great because he defends his players at all costs all the time. Um, But, yeah, I wonder to what extent if he's really in the training room, what's really going on, uh, because, yeah, they're going to get in trouble if they are fudging the the injury report.
1: Well, and I guess from their perspective, they say, hey, last year Tom Brady played the entire season with a torn MCL in his knee and he never appeared on the injury report. Yeah, that's true, too. That's true, too. They're not really enforcing this right now. And you know what? hey, Stan Cronk is paying $790 million to St. Louis, and he's paid this here and that here and this there. It's a parking ticket. You can afford ticket. it. You're, right, you're going right. to fine us for this? Fine. Because this gets back to the narrative that is coming to fruition again. That's what tends to happen with narratives. Future events tend to make them even more relevant. The question of whether or not Matthew Stafford can stay healthy. He yeah. is a guy who gets banged up, and that's why going into the season, I said I need to see it from the rams before i'll believe it yeah and first eight games i was believing it what's gone on since then right if if again we don't know who to believe here but i'm going to choose to believe sean McVay when he answers a question that is based on the assumption that matthew stafford's injured that he is injured yeah no doubt about dealing with multiple ailments and we'll see if he can hold it together now they got the jaguars this week that's the ultimate opportunity to get healthy but you know the question is as we get into december And we are officially in December. And then January is Stafford, who has only ever played one week beyond the regular season. Is he going to
2: hold together if this team makes a playoff run? We don't know. No, we don't know. You're right. Now the, The play is not stellar right now. I mean, there's no doubt. To me, it looks like he's playing, like, banged up and not at 100%. The way he's moving, you know, I see him get up from hits at times. He's very slow. He moves gingerly after that, you know, so the other thing that I think is eye popping to me, you know is and I watch the Rams on film pretty closely almost every week the whole year where you know the last three four weeks he's missed throws where I go, yeah, NFL average quarterback should hit that Matthew Stafford is nine hundred and ninety nine times out of a thousand hits that from everything I've seen through his career you know so for his sake right now, I guess what I'm saying is I hope he is banged up because if he's not banged up, he's really you know, not playing well, period. But, you know, from the optics of it, the throws that I've seen him miss, that I go, Matthew Stafford can do that with his eyes closed. I can't. There was a handful of them last week against Green Bay where I just go, ah, I just can't believe Matthew Stafford missed that. I'm shocked. You know, so there is that aspect. And, you know, it, it's a, it does look like it's affecting the performance. The other thing I will say, too, is I wish he would bulk up a little bit. It's one of the first things I noticed when he got in the uniform this year. It's just I thought he looked kind of frail and thin. And you know, I hope he's not getting to that age of where, oh, I think he's got to be thinner so he can be a little faster. You're not that fast. You never were. Put a little armor on. Protect yourself. That, that's what I want to say to him more than anything. But uh, they need him to be healthy and go all systems go here. They need him badly. They're not the same running team they've been in the past. Their defense is not as dominant in making very many plays on the defensive side of the ball. You know, there, there. It's it's about the pass game, and it's about Matthew Stafford and those wide receivers. And if he's not, all systems go. You know, they're going to be in Strugglesville there in, in Los Angeles. I remember there was a year. Fairly early in Brett Favre's
1: career where he lost like 20 pounds in the offseason and he felt spry and he could move. And uh-huh. He realized it hurt a lot more Yes. when he got thrown around right. by the defensive lineman without that extra 20 pounds on your body. And as it relates to Stafford, I think we invoked this earlier in the week, but I really like this. This is the Shireen Williams test, and it goes like this. It's very simple. She, she uh, I think, developed it in reference to Baker Mayfield. You're either injured or you stink. And he, there's got to be an explanation for your subpar performance. And if you're going to tell me you're not injured, then fine. You just stink. It's up to you. Either admit you're injured and use that as an explanation, not an excuse, but an explanation for the reduction in your overall play, because obviously it is going to affect you. Right. Or if you're going to insist with a straight face that you're not injured, fine, then you just stink. Yeah. And, and that's kind of where the Rams are right now with Stafford. So they want to reserve the right to say he's injured, but they don't want to put targets on the various body parts that are injured right.
2: by listing them on the injury report. No no doubt about it. No, Nor, you know, I don't think Matthew Stafford's an excuse guy. I mean, you could say what you want about him in Detroit, but, I mean, he never made, like, BS excuses or tried to blame other people. You know, we can definitely give him credit for that. I don't think you're going to hear him do that. He's kind of got that Texas tough attitude about him that I do respect. I really do. You know, the other thing too, Mike, that happens sometimes, and especially with quarterbacks where, you know, they, they already can feel like they get all the attention. They don't want to make it all about them. They don't want to give off the excuse thing in the locker room to the other players. They don't want that to be a thing within the locker room. They're trying to be leaders, right? So that's one aspect. And then I think another thing that, you know, a quarterback tries to do too is, he looks around and goes, man, this sport's crazy. I mean, Aaron Donald's over there playing with a really hurt shoulder, or this guy over here is playing with a really bad knee, and he's sucking it up, and nobody's talking about that or brings it up, and he just continues to truck along. So you try to be that guy out of respect for the rest of the locker room who you know is you know, incredibly beat up, or other guys who are really sacrificing their body on a week-to-week basis right now at a less than 100%. and. You know, I, I can certainly see that being the thinking, you know, with a guy like Stafford or, or Tom Brady. And not saying he's Tom Brady, but I think there is a no excuses, I'm just going to keep going along, I'm a football player type of attitude with Matthew Stafford that I, I definitely won't deny. I do respect that about him.
1: Yeah. And as he said on Sunday, nobody's 100% this time of year. And that's the great tension in the NFL because we hear it every year at this time. And if that's the case, then there should be 53 names on the injury report. Yeah, yeah. So, the, and, and there's a question of, are you less than 100% and are you actively receiving treatment that's, in the training room there. for right. your injury? Right. Because if right. your name is going in the books as somebody who's getting some sort of rehab, some sort of treatment, some sort of attention, even if you're fully participating in practice, you need to be disclosed on the injury report. But the, the tension there is we don't want to draw attention to the fact that there is a reason to to test a certain body part, and and we know that defensive players think that way. If they know a guy's got a knee injury, well, we're going to test the knee. And and post Bounty Gate, that kind of talk, yeah, you know, from players directly to the media is frowned upon. But we know we know that that's what they talk about behind the scenes, and we know that that there's still an incentive there, whether we want to talk about it or not. There's an incentive. If you want yeah. to win football games, you want the best players for the other team not to be on the field. Definitely. If there's injuries, you can test that could be aggravated, that could cause them to be out of the game. Yeah, that's 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 the real that's the real discussion that happens. Even though post Bounty Gate, they never talk about it anymore. The no no it doubt, no on. doubt. Yeah, yeah and that's players, what they're trying to protect him against. That's what right. the Rams are trying to protect Stafford against.
2: You're hundred percent right. Yeah, defensive players are. Hey, he's banged up. We need to we need to hit his you know we need to hit his ass this week. And 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 see if he can hang in there and do that. You know, sorry Manchester, but yes, that that that's what a defensive player will do, certainly. And your point about you know being in the the uh, rehab room with with the you know again, I don't think the team's gonna write it in the log or do anything if he just goes in there and gets a little ice or gets stim and then he's out of there. You know that that that'll be considered. That's just maintenance. That's just a little maintenance for a player. Now if he was like seriously seeing one of the therapy trainers, you know, and like it's an hour of therapy, then he's going to go in the book. But like right now it sounds like, yeah, it's probably like, hey, ice, go, go in the hot tub, you know, here's a little stim, electric stim to get blood moving out of here. And if it's just that, they're not going to put it on the injury report. Yeah. And,
1: uh, you know, it, it, it makes sense. And, and also some of these guys don't get their treatment at the building, that's some another guys, angle. A
2: hundred percent. Some of these guys have
1: their own company that that they can do it <laughs> that, there. That, right. that has their initials on it. That they go get their treatment there. I'm like sure that's how Brady.
2: I'm sure that's how Brady kind of justified that to a degree. Well, I'm not getting treatment here, so you know you don't need to report it. I'm going over to you know my lab, and I, I think Mike, that's a very real thing in the 21, 2021 world of sports. You're right. We don't know who he's going to see. You know, he's made over a hundred million dollars in his career and he certainly could be seeing his own group of people and maybe telling the Rams training staff and letting them know what's going on, you know, to kind of finagle the rules a little bit and and be where he wants to be. Um, And then, uh,
1: you know, then there's the guy who willingly painted a target on his toe. He showed it to us (laughs) last week to show us that he didn't have COVID toe. That he actually has a broken toe it's a pinky toe when he said it's a little bit worse than turf toe we just assumed it was his big toe no it's a broken pinky toe and uh he still hopes to avoid surgery he was on for his tuesday visit with pat mcafee uh, obviously on tuesday and uh he was going to make a decision early uh during this buy as to whether or not he's going to have the surgery and if he has it He's not going to miss any time with it. It's going to be something simple. I guess they immobilize the toe, and I don't know what effect that will have on his mobility. But it looks like he's preferring to manage the pain for yeah, now right. and and deal with it that way and hope that having another, what, 11 days off before they have to play again, that that will be enough to make it better to the point where it's not a constant source of of discomfort for him when he's playing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see where it goes. I mean, I would, I, that's the side I would err on and I've had a broken pinky toe, you know, it's, it's, it's not comfortable. It's not, but you can kind of, you can, you can be athletic still and do what you want to do. You know, it's like, yeah, you always got like a dull pain. Like somebody's, you know, sticking something into your, your, you know, foot in that area all the time where it's, it can be annoying and be uncomfortable, but not to the pain of where you feel like, oh, wow, I can't play or do this. You're just going to go, damn, it's annoying. Everything you do, it's just going to be an annoyance. Uh, To me, again, I don't know what the surgery would entail, but uh, I'm, I'm always about avoiding surgery if possible. And if he feels like he can play, and we've seen two games now, right, where I'd go, well, damn, I don't know. Maybe the toe's a good thing. The damn guy looks like he's throwing the ball and making better decisions now, better than ever. I mean, the game against Minnesota two weeks ago, I mean, yeah, they lost, but it wasn't because of Aaron Rodgers, that's for sure. He was by far the best football player on the field, period. I mean, it was a laser beam show. And last week was phenomenal once again. So, you know, again, if it's not affecting your play, uh, I would tell the, oh, thy grade one Aaron Rodgers not to get a surgery.
1: And and just to be clear on this, he is pushing until next week early the final decision on surgery. He believes that if he has the procedure, then he could play on Sunday. And it's Sunday night football, week 14, Bears and Packers as the Packers come out of their bye. So uh, we get to see Aaron Rodgers. And and yeah, that day in Minnesota where he got stepped on, he left early at the end of the second quarter and missed the opportunity for a Hail Mary, one of the great Hail Mary throwers of all time. And he he went to get another shot to numb the pain. He was phenomenal that day. So it hasn't affected him in any way. It's just something that is causing him great pain. And I guess there's always the potential. It's going to get worse, especially because he's not doing anything to hide it. It's out there. It's in the open. We know about it. And defenders know about it, too. So, you know, they may accidentally or accidentally step on his yeah, foot. The Indomican Sioux when, one. He didn't yeah, feel it. Yeah, yeah. My feet are numb. My feet are You got to be careful. <laughs> Lambeau Field, frozen tundra. <laughs> yeah, that's My a great feet are numb. I, I didn't realize I was jamming my cleat into the lower leg of Aaron Rodgers at a time when he was dealing with a calf injury that we knew about. No, I didn't. I didn't know. Uh, that, that my, yeah, right. my foot right. was doing that. It was cold that day. All right, let's take a break. By the way, Roger Miller is the person who made the song Little Green Apples popular, but O.C. Smith had a version that also did very well. No Johnny Mathis. No, no Johnny Mathis, though. Uh, just, just to clear up any misconceptions good. out there about now a Little Green Apple song that nobody knows about, but I'm sure everyone will be listening to during the break. When we return, Chase Claypool speaking of music. I don't know that they'll be playing Little Green Apples at the Steelers practices or any other songs. He wants music. The guy who calls the shots does not. We'll let you hear what Mike Tomlin had to say about the possibility of music at practice when PFT Live continues right after this.
0: Justin and So Good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store.
1: what can you guys do at practice and what needs to get better at practice in order for the team to
3: improve
2: yeah i think uh i mean this is something i've said since i was in college we never had it but uh, i think like maybe some music would help but uh we have music in the in the warm-ups and that's so it's fun people are dancing having fun so i think maybe music would make practice a little more fun and a little more up-tempo uh, that's my one suggestion
0: but coach t's been into this a lot longer than i have so. I hope he was kidding, because as soon as he said it, I was literally about to rip the speaker out. (laughs)
3: Um, (laughs) That is not what we need right now. It's an X's and O's, and it's execution. Well, you know, Claypool plays wide out, and I'll let him do that. Um, I'll formulate the practice approach, and I think that division of labor is probably appropriate.
1: And that's the end of that suggestion from chase claypool that's not the way mike tomlin does it he's not going to make any changes that's for him to decide and cam hayward obviously on uh the same page with coach tomlin i i i don't think it's a big deal yeah it's funny right it was funny i don't i don't think it shows any deeper disconnect or it you remember there was that weird suggestion by some of the pittsburgh media that claypool's kind of a diva i i don't buy sure. that sure sure um you know just you know he wants practice to be a little more fun we all we want everything that we do that you know feels like an obligation that can get a little monotonous we want anything and everything we do to be a little more fun that doesn't mean it's the right thing to do
2: no a 100 percent. you know he's a different kind of guy i got to be around him a little bit when i was covering notre dame for nbc a few years ago he's a great kid he really is he's from canada uh you know, but he's, he's a little different. I, I'll say that, you know, not in a bad way. He's an absolute physical freak. You know, when I saw the clip yesterday, you know, it did make change my thought there. You know, I think he was just a young kid who, yes, answered a question where he should should just been like, hey, I, I'm, I'm not qualified to answer that. I just that that's up to the coach. He knows what's best for the football team. You know, I think he just got kind of caught in the moment and added a, to his two cents type of answer and probably didn't realize the ramifications of what was going to happen there. But when you're losing and people are on your head coach, they're looking for anything. So then it gets, you know, blown up to what it is. You know, hey, like hey Pete and and Mike, don't isn't didn't last year he make a comment about another team not having fun in practice. I'm pretty sure he did. He did something similar to hey, I talked to these guys out you know in the west coast i am pretty sure he did it-, it this is not the second time he's kind of made this type of comment um but it it hey listen it's not going to waver as far as mike tomlin and the rest of that football team they're going to continue to trend tread forward and we'll see where it goes but yeah there's issues in pittsburgh right now like we talked about they're they're in my opinion done dunsky over see ya i'll be shocked if they can get in the playoffs
1: you got some feet kissing to
2: do if they get to the playoffs i know right way. right Right. Or shoe kissing is the case. Some be. shoe kissing, which might be worse. I don't know. I mean, it could be worse. There's probably more germs on people's shoes than there is their feet. You know, the feet is a like, depends gross. on
1: whether you kiss the actual sole of the shoe or you know, like the where the 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 laces are. Probably not real, real dirty. I guess on not. Top You're
2: right. Shoe, I guess. So. I guess there could be some issues. And what? Oh,
1: go ahead. Sorry. Well, as to Tomlin. I mean, he's been there since 2007. He's never had a losing season. Right now, for as bad as it all feels in Pittsburgh, they still don't have a losing record. They right. are 5-5-1. Five, five and one. And we've already been in this mode for them. They get the big win over Buffalo to start the season. Then they lose three in a row. And here they're down at the bottom of the mountain. And then they turn it around and they win four in a row. And, oh, my gosh, look at what the Steelers are doing. And they're 0-2-1 over the last three. And it's panic time all over again. But i i want to play some more of what mike tomlin said yesterday and i, I want us to, 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 to just listen to the questions listen to the answers and and then we can maybe try to interpret what may or may not be going on currently in pittsburgh let's let's roll that next clip pete
3: mike you mentioned the history of this rivalry everybody's aware in your face blood and guts physical football are you still that kind of team we'll see you on sunday won't we you know, like I mentioned earlier, it's put up and shut up time. And so, you know, talking and get it done, I can, I can quell you and that question with an answer. um, But it's not real. What what we do in that stadium on Sunday is what's real. And so we're not seeking comfort. We're not trying to, you know, quell the masses, if you will. Um, You know, we stunk it up. And so we're going to we're gonna wallow in our stench for a while and wait for our next opportunity to play football. Mike, what can help improve the physicality of the defense? Effort. Um, you know that 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 man versus himself battle. Um, we got to challenge ourselves and we got to dig down deep um, and, and, and be at our best.
0: Given the way that the Bengals game unfolded, do you feel like your message to the team was effective and that they were hearing everything you were trying to <laughs> impart to
3: them? Based on result, no. Um, but I am unfazed by that. Um, I'm, I'm, I am. Uh, I'm excited about delivering messaging and, and shaping a plan and doing it with the guys again this week.
1: When he's asked about, you know, the, the physicality of the team and are they going to show up, and he said, well, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. I, that, I, it, what we saw in Cincinnati was so different than what we saw in Cleveland earlier this year. Because that Cleveland game came at the end of the week, where he had the angry mic drop when he was asked about the USC job. Right. That was one of the reasons why I thought the Steelers were going to win that game. Yeah, yeah. I thought, hey, if this is the, if this is the way Mike Tomlin is this week, you, you better you better show up. You better put up and show up. And I I think that a lot of people were surprised by the lack of punch that they had in Cincinnati, and that the defense isn't playing the way that we are accustomed to seeing a Steelers defense under Mike Tomlin play. And I just get the impression he's as confused as everyone else, and he's searching for answers like everyone else. He's usually the guy that has all the answers. I guess that's what what yeah. really came through to me in right. hearing that exchange from yesterday.
2: Yeah, I, I understand that. I mean, like you said, they're 0-2-1. Even the week before that, I mean, they were lucky to kind of beat the – not lucky, but, you know – it was a 50-50 game there late in the fourth quarter against the Chicago Bears. You know, I think the one thing that, like, we're so used to the, the Pittsburgh being the overwhelmingly physical dominant football team that when we don't see that, you kind of go, like, what's going on? What's wrong? You know, but there's, there's a number of issues. You know, there really is. And I, I'm not going to sit here and think, say it's Mike Tomlin related. You know, first off, I know I've explained to you before, you know, people are – they're scared of Pittsburgh. And when they got to play them early in the year, I mean, I've gone around to training camps and gone to teams where they got Pittsburgh on the schedule early in the year, and they want to go. Oh, you were at Pittsburgh training camp. Were they hitting? Was it like full pads all the time? You know, there, there. That's always a concern when the Pittsburgh Steelers are on the football field. But you know, the defense, it's good. But like you know, I, you know, I, I. The more I sit here and think about it, the more I want to go. You know, why do we think it should be so dominant? You know, why? Just because of three guys? Because of Hayward, T.J. Watt, and Minka Fitzpatrick? I mean, after that, who are we talking about that's really that stellar? Who else is a B-plus, A-minus type of player on the defense? I mean, that's where I kind of come to it, to where I go. And then there's no depth behind it. And then you add that to the offensive struggles and them trying to always save the day for some crappy offense – Man, it's just tough. It's tough. I think they're a little beat up. It's hard to carry the load week after week after week, and they're not playing their best. Um, So, yeah, but I don't think it's going to get a whole lot better. I don't care who's coaching the football team. I think it's going to be tough right now. Music's not going to be the answer. Music, to me, was always annoying and a distraction. You'd be calling a play in the huddle, and a guy would be dancing to it, and you'd be like, did you hear what I said? No, no, I was singing the lyrics of the song. Well, that's not helping our football team. You know, I I hated that crap, and that's why you're not going to see Cam Hayward and Mike Tomlin, you know, back that. But, yeah, I think there's a number of issues here that have kind of finally come to a head here to why we're seeing such a a struggling football team in Pittsburgh. But if the music was turned up loud enough, you wouldn't have to hear John Gruden. Isn't that a positive? (laughs) That might have been a positive. You're right. You're right. But, you know, what I think here is – well, my my two cents too a little is with, like, Tomlin is – I think he's gotten more out of this team than he should have. Really, the last two or three years, it's been because of him that we keep thinking, "Oh gosh, you know, look at the Steelers." Uh, And and I've gone into every year going, "I don't think the corners are that good." You know, yes, they got Minka. You know, Devin Bush is just coming back from injury; he hasn't been the same. Who's the other middle linebacker? Oh, that's right. I don't even know. That's right. Oh, who's the guy on the opposite side of T.J. Watt? Oh, that, that um, uh, uh, Highsmith guy, right, right. Oh, you got Cam Hayward, right? He's in year what? What year is this for Cam Hayward? Ten? He's not as dominant as he used to be. You know, they don't have, I, th- I don't think, you know, good enough depth and backups like you've heard me say a bunch. So when you add all that together and then a quarterback who's just not capable of making many plays, no run game to really keep the defense off the field so they're always on there having to just put it all on the line. Oh, let me run through another wall here to help the team. I just think it's all become a little too much and that's where I just don't see it. That coupled with their schedule down the stretch. I know that's why I just think it's it's lights out for Pittsburgh this year. And it's the Ravens this weekend. For the first time ever
1: during Ben Roethlisberger's career, the Ravens are favored in Pittsburgh against Roethlisberger. They've, They've caught Pittsburgh three times since 2004 without Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh, and they were favored, and they won each of the games by three points, two of them in overtime. But this is the first time against Roethlisberger that they're favored to win. There has been some talk from former Steelers players who look at what's going on in Pittsburgh now and have thought this isn't the Steelers team that I know from my time there. Mike Tomlin addressed that issue as well yesterday as it relates to criticism coming from outsiders who used to be on the inside.
3: Ex-players, guys that played for you, the question of the physicality and the effort and that kind of stuff, does that have any more significance? They would know. You know, um, they know the things that we value. I don't know specifically what you're talking about, um, but guys that have been here, um, guys that have been in that room, guys that understand the standards uh, that we aspire to, um, they probably have a better understanding of that than anybody that's not uh, in that room right now. And so, I would imagine whatever it is refer to, I agree with them.
1: Hey, uh, um, maybe he needs to bring some of those guys in to talk to the team. I mean, yeah, seriously. It, and, and, and this, see, I struggle with this. And we saw it with Andy Reid in Philadelphia. Yeah. We're possibly seeing it with Pete Carroll in Seattle. Mm. And okay. I hate, I, I, I resist this because I know that it's low-hanging fruit for that segment of the Steeler fan base that immediately goes to the fire Mike Tomlin button whenever there's any sustained adversity. And I'm not saying fire Mike Tomlin. I'm not. I'm one of the. I, I was one yeah, of the you're guys a big in 2007 of them, saying, no doubt. Hire Mike Tomlin instead of Russ Grimm. What are you doing hiring Russ Grimm? Hire Mike Tomlin. He's the best guy for this job. He's going to turn the team around. He's the perfect coach at the perfect time for this team. And he's got that Pittsburgh mindset. He's got that mentality. And we've yeah. seen it since 2007. Right. And they have never had a losing record. Right. They, you take it for granted if you're a Steelers fan. But I. I've, I feel like this is the beginning of a disconnect mm, mm. between him and the guys in the locker room. And I don't know why that is. And is it is it even in this day and age with so much turnover year in and year out and your team every year is a different entity than it was last year. Yeah. But even then, is it possible that there's a shelf life? Now, for everyone except Bill Belichick, is there a shelf life for Pete Carroll, yeah. for Mike Tomlin, for Andy Reid in Philadelphia, who boom went straight to Kansas City. And what did he do? He just picked up where he left off with great teams. But it got to the point in Philadelphia where the message didn't resonate anymore. In you know, in Seattle, the raw, raw always compete and chew in the gum. And there's a point where it just sure. even with new players all the time, it becomes
2: institutionally stale. Yeah. Could it be that that's what's happening in Pittsburgh I, I it's fair to ask Mike I mean I don't think you're wrong to ask that question it, it does I mean there there's a shelf life a little to to most coaches you know as far as like you you know what you're talking about the message the energy they bring to the team on a daily basis that can that can become stale there's no doubt unless like you said you're Bill Belichick but he has the results to always back it up too so it's hard to get stale that way you know but I'm not I'm not willing to say that yet. I think it's a fair question, but I'm not willing to say. You know, just the way Cam... I'm not saying it either. I know, yeah, I know. I'm not saying it I know, either. I know. No, I know you're not. I'm just saying I'm not willing either. I'm just you know, the way Cam Hayward answered that question, you know, a few times even earlier in the year, I'm not going to be able to bring him up specifically. I just feel like the players stick up for the most part for Tomlin's message. But yes, this is not typical Steelers football right now, but again... It, it's When you don't have the right Jimmys and the Joes, it's hard to execute the X's and the O's of what you want in, Pitt, in Pittsburgh. And, yeah, the Ryan Clarks of the world, the James Harrisons, you know, the other great defensive players who used to play there are not there anymore. I'm sure they are like, what the hell is going on? Because they know. I mean, Pittsburgh is that team. You know, they're one of that, like, group of teams in all of football, no matter what, doesn't matter how good they are this year, when you walked out on a field against Pittsburgh Steelers 20 years ago or now, you always go, whoa, holy crap, look at all these big, bad dudes out here. Damn, and they're angry and just look like they can't wait to hit. Like There's a bunch of crazy dudes out here. They've always been that team, and I don't think we're seeing that kind of come through the TV right now. And that's probably shocking to you know guys who have been in that culture before. Something just occurred to me as well. It yeah.
1: could be that this is brilliance on the part of Tom to like switch to southpaw unexpectedly on his players, and and the message is, and and you know how cutting this can be. I don't know that you've ever been on the other side of this, but anytime and anyone ever says to you, "Man, you've changed," you've 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 changed, right? You're like what? I'm the same person. No, no, you've changed, right? Well, are you mad at me? No, I'm not mad. I'm I'm just sad. I'm disappointed. You've changed. It's it's kind of like a subtle challenge uh-huh. to the like, guys in the locker room. Yeah. Like I don't even know what to do with you all yeah. anymore. You've changed.
2: You're hurting you're, me. You're, not, you're hurting you're, me now. I, I'm personally yeah. hurt. Right, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I just I just wonder if this is the Mike Tomlin tool bag, one that we have never seen before. That this is the Mike Tomlin way of getting them properly motivated, focused, and determined to kick the crap out of the Ravens on Sunday.
2: All right, listen, you 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 have the best gut ever with Pittsburgh for the most part. You've always ever since I've been working with you, you always know oh, this is a game, watch out. Pittsburgh wins this game. All odds are against them and here they go. You you've been great with all that. You really have. And again what I'll say and I know you've heard me say it a million times but I'm going to say it one more time for people who haven't watched the show. He's the greatest communicator and motivator I was around in my NFL career, and he's the kind of guy that when I see him now, and if we're hanging out for a few minutes, and he starts talking, I'm like, "Damn, I want to go play. Let's let's play. Let Mike Tomlin be my coach, and here we go." You know, John Gruden used to have this thing uh, where he would let one coach kind of talk to the team on a weekly basis through the quarters of the season. You know, like, "Hey, you're you're the guy that can come up here twice a week." and motivate the team and play like de facto head coach, you know, through weeks one through four or, you know, five through eight. And when it was Mike Tomlin's time, what, what? It was the energy he could bring. The message he always brought was always creative and it hit home. And man, I know guys in the locker room loved it in Tampa Bay. I did. And I was just some wimpy quarterback. So I'm I'm not going to doubt him in this department yet, but I do think the odds are severely, severely stacked against him this year. It's just hard, and with the defense not having a Bud Hayward, uh, I mean a Bud Dupree, and you know Stephon Tuitt not healthy and out there, Tyson Alualu injured, Joe Hayden injured. You know, I, I just there's only so much motivating and things you can do to make a team go run through the wall and be the most physical team on the football field.
1: Well, and this may be the plan this week. Yeah. it may be. Yeah, it may be not in your face. It may just be reverse psychology. I'm, I'm, you're letting I'm me down. Yeah, I'm, I le- don't know what to do. Yeah, I've I got nothing. If you're not going to respond, I got nothing. Mm. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to ask yourselves if if you really want to be football players. Because what I'm seeing on the film when I go back and watch this Bengals game, I see a bunch of guys that just don't want to be football players anymore. I, I mean, you know, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. we got our picks podcast tomorrow i got 24 oh here he goes look soda. he's talking
2: to himself into over, he's getting his black and over. yellow out <laughs> oh, 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 terrible towels floating around
1: here somewhere baby <laughs> all right um I, i've tried to get pete's attention a couple of times in the document that we share asking oh like in the big not, pink words that you here, wrote do this or or question mark break. do this <laughs> so So let's take a break. Pete has finally responded to me, not in the traditional way, but he's told me in my ear to take a break. He's told me other things that I can't report or repeat on the air uh, unless we get in trouble. Let's take a break. It's after further review, our weekly session where we take a look back at some of the calls that merit further attention and where applicable
0: scrutiny. We'll do that next on this Wednesday edition of PFT.